Hall of Fame Village Media and the Pro Football Hall of Fame present Football Heaven. Joe, as we talk about some of the other leagues, because it is indeed the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we are joined by three Hall of Fame quarterbacks who all started their careers in other leagues. And... Um, Kurt, I know there weren't as many options for you. Warren, I know you felt that you didn't want to be a backup. But let's start with Mr. Jim Kelly, who grew up in Western PA and just didn't want to play in the cold. That's how you ended up in the USFL? Not exactly, but... Uh, <laughs> Bingo! Well, to be honest with you, yeah, I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, I went to the University of Miami of Florida, not Ohio. Mm. And uh, then, of course, uh, during draft day, um, the Bill, Buffalo Bills had a couple picks in the first round. My senior year in college, long story short, I blew my shoulder out, my right arm, and they told me I would never play football again. So all of a sudden, here I am. I busted my butt to get to where I'm at. And here it is, a 12th pick of the first round, and it's the Buffalo Bills. And that was the year of John Elway said he did not want to play for the Colts. He said, if you pick me, I'm going to the Yankees. So, of course, the Colts drafted him. And then, you know, 10, 12 picks later, it was a 12th pick of the first round, and I'm sitting there in my agent's house. I'm praying. I'm saying, please don't draft me. It was the Bills. I said, please don't draft me. Please, please don't draft me. They drafted tight end from Notre Dame, Tony Hunter. I'm like, yeah! I was all excited. And then two picks later, my agent said, Jim, the Bills also had the 14th pick. And I'm like, you've got to be <laughs> kidding me. And, of course, uh, they wind up drafting me. And I, I remember um, you know, doing the interviews after. I was bummed out. And I was, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I don't want to go to Buffalo. I went to Miami, Florida. And then, of course, you have teams that you grow up loving. And then I wind up uh, uh, signing with the USFL because I didn't want to go play in Buffalo. And I signed with the Houston Gamblers. And... Uh, had two great years there and really learned a passing game because at Miami, we didn't throw the ball a lot. We weren't very good back then. I mean, we continued to get a little better, but uh, USFL with the Houston Gamblers is really where I learned a passing game. 9,000. I, 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 I love this guy, but come on, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's complaining about being picked 14th overall, Warren. Like, what, what's, he, go, he what's did, going he on here? Long like, story come on. short first. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right, no but sympathy <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. And when you're drafted, yeah, everybody wants the teams that they want to play for. I grew up Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and I wanted to play for Steelers. But I never thought in the meantime that I was um, going to be drafted in the first round. But I knew one thing. I didn't want to play for Buffalo. But to be honest with you, um, one of the best decisions I ever made in my life was becoming a Buffalo Bill in 1986. So it came all full circle, and uh, thank God that uh, I got to where I'm at. But, uh, yeah, what I mean your initial thought? I didn't want to play there. Well, you know, Jim, you, you, your, your choice was made because you had an opportunity to go to the USFL. Warren's move to, to the Canadian Football League really wasn't his choice per se. It was really because of the way the league was at that time. There were no black quarterbacks. And they were looking at the guy that just led his team to, uh, or his college team to a championship. Everything said this guy's a first-round draft pick, NFL caliber. He ends up not even getting drafted. 
I had a pretty good senior year and uh, led a team to a Pac-8 Pac championship. I was player of the year in the conference, went to the Rose Bowl. We had a huge upset against uh, Michigan. I was MVP of that game, too. And I, I just felt like I had put myself in a position to at least be drafted as a quarterback. I wasn't looking to be drafted in the first round or anything like that, even though uh, the guys that did go in the first round, I felt like I was right up there with them. But to, to not even be considered to be a, a quarterback was something that was really um, – you know, it was hurtful to me, and, and it was something that I had to really think about what was my other option. And my other option was just to go either to Canada or take a chance. Some team might draft me in the National Football League as a quarterback, and most teams were saying they weren't going to draft me as a quarterback. They were going to change my position to either defensive back or wide receiver. So I had to make a decision. Did I want to do that, or did I want to go somewhere where I could at least play the position that I was comfortable with? I didn't think I could play professional football as a wide receiver. I wasn't that good an athlete <laughs> or as a defensive back. Those are the two of the, best, the most highly talented positions on football teams. So. Uh, I, I weighed the pros and cons, and my attorney at that time, Lee Steinberg, had, had been doing all of his due diligence on what teams had th thought about me. So all the information I got told me to go you know, play in another league and, and get a chance to play quarterback. So that's why I went to Canada. Uh, I wasn't drafted, which was great because when I did decide to come back, I was a total free agent, so I could go wherever I wanted to. So after going through having dreams of being drafted one day as a, as a college football player, when the NFL draft finally came around, I didn't want to be drafted because I had already signed in Canada. They had to have my decision six weeks before the NFL draft mm. because their season starts earlier. So they needed a, 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 um, a decision by me. So I was hoping on the day of the NFL draft that I didn't get drafted because I knew if I ever came back, I'd want to be uh, I'd want to have my own rights, and nobody would have my rights. So that's kind of the way my deal with. You know, Warren, Kurt was saying that he used to watch you in the CFL. So six I years, guess. all those yards, five Grey Cups. Do you remember ever thinking, like, why isn't this guy in the league? Uh, yeah, I mean, all the time. Because I, I think, you know, coming you know, from the United States, you always think about playing in the NFL, right. playing in the that NFL. That was your dream as a but kid. But I know? would watch guys, and Warren being one of them, you watch him up in Canada, and you're like, my gosh, this guy is so good. Why, why doesn't he get an opportunity – at that level, and you know, I was never thinking about the black-white thing at the time. I'm just yeah. thinking, this guy can play. Will he ever get an opportunity? Because you were up there for a number of yeah, years. Yeah, I was up there for six years, and I was under contract the first three years, so there was nothing I could do about that. And then I ended up signing another extension because I was having such a great time up there playing and, and winning, and we were winning championships every year, and they were paying me well. And I wasn't dealing with anything racially. Uh, nothing like that was, was a part of it because I had dealt with a lot of that in college. So it was refreshing to me, but then all of a sudden it got to a stage where I had so much success, there wasn't anything I could really accomplish up there. I'm looking at games on TV, I'm going, I could do as well as this guy can <laughs> in the NFL. But the only, only way you could really test who, how good you are as a quarterback is to play against the best players. So that's what made me want to come back to the league, just to see if I was really good enough to do it, because people had told me I couldn't, and I still felt like I think I can, and I need to go and try it. Do you remember ever looking at them and thinking, even if I start in a different league, if I start Arena League, if I start in NFL Europe, I can still end up at the NFL because of them? Uh, I don't know if I ever really thought. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys felt when you went there, but you kind of always felt if I go somewhere else, I, I, it still doesn't guarantee me a shot at the NFL level. So you hold out you know, hope that, hey, I'm going to get this chance to play in the NFL. That's the only thing that I want to do. But eventually it came back to, I just want to play football. Mm -hmm. And when there's nobody that's going to give you an opportunity at the NFL level, it's like, 
okay, I, I, you know, I don't want to work in a grocery store. Like, I, right. I don't want to be doing those things. So if I get an opportunity to play anywhere, at least I'm playing the game that I love. And even right. in arena football, you know, by the time I was done, I was, what am I ever making, sixty-five, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year. And I'm going, I can take care of my family, and I'm doing what I love doing. Um, and that, to me, was more than anything. I mean, I remember watching Warren in Canada go, going, okay, if it's not the NFL, I'll go play in Canada, right. you know, because yeah. I'll, I'll do what he does, you know, winning these championships right. and having success. So that was more of what I was thinking as opposed to, well, they went from one league to another league. Goal was always the NFL. But beyond that, it was if I can play, I want to play. You know, I'll play as long as I possibly can wherever I have to play if that's the only option I have. And see, when I came out, there was no NFL Europe. There was no Arena Football League. There was no uh, USFL. It was only Canada or the, or the NFL. Yep. So I only had those two options. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Jim, other than the fact that it was warmer and they didn't play any defense in the USFL, <laughs> what? I mean, really, they didn't play defense, and they? played they? indoors, too. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Wow, Buffalo, snow, Houston, yeah. warm weather. Astrodome. Well, what was the best part of the USFL? What's something that you wish had carried over in the NFL? The best part with me, I had a coach by the name of Miles Davis, um, run and shoot offense. And to be honest with you, at the beginning, I wasn't real happy about it because I was not a running quarterback. And I still turned out that I never was a running quarterback. But to be honest with you, when I was in Houston, we were competing against the Oilers, and Warren was there. And so for me, the best part of it, to be honest with you, I had dreams, and that was to be a quarterback in the NFL, without a doubt. I mean, I grew up watching the Steelers win all those Super Bowls. and But when I got to Houston, really learning that offense and understanding what it was all about, I was, to be honest with you, I was ready to stay there. But the league folded, and then I wind up you know, only going to Buffalo. And that was the only choice I really had. But I loved Houston because my brothers lived with me. Had a good time. I was single. I was young. I liked. You I know, heard about his beer. <laughs> I was married to three kids, and he's having all these parties. Warren, <laughs> come on over. Ah, I can't man. do it. <laughs> but time goes on, and you know what? Uh, there's so many things that happen in your life that make you who you are uh, today, and there's no doubt that back in those days, being able to share it with the people I love, and that was my brothers. I enjoyed it, I loved the game, and as I look back on it, it's very easy to look back on things and say, this has made me who I am, but my brothers helped me be who I am, and being able to wind up in Buffalo and have the, the team that Ralph Wilson put around me was amazing, and it was really the only decision I had because Ralph Wilson said when the league folded USFL, he said, you either sign with Buffalo or you're not going to play. <laughs> so I had no other choice to sign But We tried to work out a trade, and that did not work. And, uh, but as I said before, um, one of the best decisions I ever made was becoming a Buffalo Bill because I still live there today. And, and one of his big losses was my gain because Jack Pardee, who was his head coach in the USFL, when they fold it, he come, becomes the head coach of the Houston Oilers. Well, you know, I was going to say that. they ran the run and shoot, and I used to watch him on TV going, look at this guy throwing all these, <laughs> these touchdown passes and all these yards. I'd love to be in an offense like that. He brings that offense to Houston, and I had a really good – picture of it because I watched them play all the time sure. and we start doing the same thing. I so love you think it was an offense that I loved. You, if you look at all three of you, think of the coaches 
and the impact they had on your game and making it available. Kurt, you know, with, with Dick Vermeil, Jim, Marv Levy, and Ted Marchabroda was a right. big part of that too, and Jack Purdy. The coach had such an impact on your success once you got that opportunity or made that choice. Yeah, they brought June Jones in, who was my quarterback coach, and he just completely changed my confidence yeah, my and, and really uh, really helped me with the deep ball and different things like that. And and then we also had Kevin Gilbride, who came in right after him. So between those two guys who had really good knowledge of what that offense was all about, it made my, my career just kind of take off. And by the way, during his career, that you know that thing that you said, ching or ka-ching with Jim, <laughs> he became the highest paid player in the NFL, yeah. Warren did. And it's funny because when I see the salaries that they're getting today, oh when God. I came into the league in 1986, I not only was the highest paid professional football player, I was the highest paid professional athlete for about two weeks. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody you know continued sure. to go after that. But the USFL helped uh, get the, the salaries to sure. really escalate and get to where they're at right. today. I mean, of course, they're stupid numbers, but God bless them. <laughs> Oh, I'm not even going to get it. Wait, so what was your yeah, salary Kyler, when you were there? Kyler that? Murray, what he's going to make this year, I made my whole career. You know, <laughs> that's funny because that's what I was going to say. Like Josh that. Allen makes more than a half a season <laughs> than I made my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. God bless That's amazing. Kurt, when you think about the other leagues you played in, is there a rule that you'd like to bring to the NFL? Or is there something you miss? A rule? Um... Any of well, you. something I missed about the Arena League is we never handed the football off. Right? <laughs> you only run it at the end of the game when, when you have to. Everything else was throwing. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned earlier, what, what did you love about the other leagues? I, I tell you what I loved about the Arena Football League was that nobody was in it for the money. Nobody was in it for the fame. It was a bunch of guys that just loved playing ball. And, and I think at some point along my journey, it became so much about, God, I just got to make it. I just want to get there that you lose sight of why you fell in love with the game to begin with. And that's what I love so much about, you know, Jim was talking about everything shapes you, right? It shaped me as a player, but it also shaped me as a person. But it helped me to fall back in love with the game and just go, man, this is just what I want to do. And, and why do I want to do it? Because when I got a ball in my hands, I just feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. So I was so grateful for that time because I, at times, I think lost sight of that as I'm just trying to make it, just trying to make it. Um, and it was able to kind of reshape everything as I did finally make it in the NFL and, and have my run. Warren, the HBCU guys talk about how they know every other HBCU guy, and there's a fraternity. Is there a fraternity among undrafted guys in the Hall of Fame? Um, so, I guess sort of. Uh, we, don't, we don't talk about it a whole lot, but we all know what our journeys were to get there. And like Kirk and uh, John Randall, people like that, we, we talk about it from time to time. But... I don't think there's a uh, anything special about that group, but I think we, we feel like we definitely earned our way in there because we weren't high round draft picks. We weren't guys that, uh, like Jim Kelly, who was celebrated in two different leagues and all that. <laughs> we had to scrape and scrap to get what we got, and we find, and we earned everything we got to be able to wear this jacket. So uh, it's something I'm very proud that I was able to get to this stage of my career, and I'm sure Kurt feels the same way, John Randall, and all the other undrafted guys. Anybody ever find out if Steve Young got his full USFL salary? 
<laughs> I don't oh. think he got all that money. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get all mine. <laughs> We're still fighting over Trump telling him he owes me the money, and then Jerry Arnovich and uh, yeah, that, I, I met with Donald Trump because uh, he was trying to recruit me to come to the USFL when I came out of Canada. And of course, I didn't want to go there, but I wanted to use it as a as a bargaining chip uh, for the yep. NFL. So I met with him, and I met with the the LA Express as well, as far as maybe going there to play, because my college, I mean my Canadian football league coach was there. So. Um, I did use it as a, as a stepping stone to get to the NFL, only only to get more money. That's all. <laughs> I never wanted I to go play you. there. Do you gentlemen like the idea of the USFL now? Yes. I, I love it. I, I love the fact that these guys have another opportunity to try and make it because we made it that way. You know, we we started in those leagues. Jim probably could have went straight to the NFL, but you know, Kurt and I, if we didn't have leagues like that, we probably wouldn't be where we are today. So. Every guy isn't always ready for the National Football League. He might need a little bit of seasoning, a little bit of grooming, or, or just be seen by the right person or be in the right situation. That's what these leagues uh, provide for these young and guys. And it's not only for the players, for coaches too. Yeah. Coaches want, that didn't have an opportunity to coach or want to get to the top, that's their uh, way of showing that you can do I can still be there. And, of course, the players, I mean, Everybody wants to play in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, who doesn't? And if you can't do it, if you can't be one of those guys that is on that roster, uh, the 85 or 90, whatever they have going to training camp, then you got to be able to show them that you still can play. And the USFL is a great opportunity. Plus, I think they're coming out with the XFL yeah. again. Yeah, coming so, back. Yeah, All I mean, right, I, I love it for a couple different reasons. I mean, Warren mentioned it. A guy like myself, I needed to play more football. I only yep. played one year in college, so I didn't have the experience that these le leagues gave me. And then I think, like Warren's talking about, other guys somehow just fall through the cracks. And you, you know, you look at these, and it's like, come on, like seriously, like how did this guy not get in the? Or John Randall? I mean, so dominant, wow. but sometimes you just you know fall through the cracks. And it, if it weren't for that opportunity, and you don't get a chance to just play football for somebody to see you. I mean, I go back in you know, my Hall of Fame speech, I, I talked about Al Luganville. You talk about coaches. Uh, I was playing arena football, and he was coaching in NFL Europe. And he called me in 1996 and asked me to come play for him. And I told him, if you can get me signed by an NFL team, I'll come play for you. He called a bunch of teams. Nobody was interested. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to stay here. He actually called me back in 1997 and asked me to play again. I gave him the same story. You get me signed by an NFL team, and I'll go over. That ultimately is what led to me being signed by the St. Louis Rams because he had a connection with them, and it opened the door for me. So it was me getting seen by a coach that was coaching yeah. in NFL Europe that stayed on me you know, to, to give me that opportunity, which led back to that. So I'm so grateful that there's so many – the more the merrier, and I hope that the NFL buys into them a little bit more because we need – Developmental league, yeah. especially yeah. for our position, yeah. offensive line. That that I hope these things these things will last. Look at some of the quarterbacks that have come out of those leagues. You look at John Kidna. You look at uh, Jeff Garcia, who came sure. out of Canada. You look at Brad Johnson, yeah. who went and played in the Super Bowl. I mean, Rich Gannon, I think, there's, was there's been so many guys that have yep. played in these leagues before yep. they got their chance to get to the NFL. And if they didn't have those opportunities, who knows where they would have sure. been? They're probably sure doing something else. All, All right. right, absolutely. Last one. Is there anything? that was practiced in one of your leagues that would blow an NFL player's mind? The way you traveled to games, what your locker rooms were like? 
<laughs> what kind of staff you had. Everything. We, 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 traveled, uh, we traveled commercial with everybody. <laughs> we just had to block a, n- a number of what? seats for our team. We didn't, have a, we didn't have charter planes in Canada. Who sat in first class? The coaches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did too. And I remember, I remember going on a flight. ZZ Top was, <laughs> was on, on our flight with us, the whole, the whole band. <laughs> it was wild. I mean, Jerry Argument had them all on. We were going to high five, and all you see is guys with big, long beards. <laughs> they, they don't play football. But, of course, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. ZZ uh-huh. Top on the flight. I mean, arena football was was a whole different thing. <laughs> I mean, the apartments that we had, did I remember the, fur- the fur- no, we did We bust most places, or we did go commercial. Uh, I remember when I got our apartment for arena football, the, the furniture that was in the apartment came from a local Holiday Inn that had been flooded. <laughs> so it had flooded a couple years earlier, and so it was just a bunch of mixed and matched furniture. Like, go pick out what you want and, and throw it into your room. So there was a lot of stories about arena football. But again, it, you know, it makes you forget about all the stuff that you chase after right. when you get to, to this level and, and just play football. And all the stuff that we've learned and been through throughout our whole lives has made us the men that we are today. No doubt. Thank you, good Lord. No doubt. Thank you all so much. So, Steve, we were just chatting with the other guys. Did they even play defense in the USFL? <laughs> uh, you know, the USFL, USFL was good football. People think that, and I can compare because I played – in 1986, in the same calendar year, the USFL, and then I was in Tampa Bay playing for the Buccaneers. And I can tell you the football I played in the spring was better than the football I played in the fall. Really? And, um, and that, I mean, I, maybe that's not saying a lot because the Bucs at that time were really in tough shape. <laughs> but it was just better football. Yeah, well, and, you know, the, so, uh, and I think the USFL, don't, people don't realize h- how much of a place it had. Um, it was an, it was. It was not a startup anymore. It was it was it had, it had found its place, and uh, they needed to consolidate a little bit. There's a few. There's some overspending. Some people, and I was part of the problem too. But mm-hmm. there was things to kind of get right, but they were easily managed to be right. And the and USFL should be so entrenched into the psyche of we would have year-round football really yeah. in many yeah. ways now, 30 years later. And this it's unfortunate that. Uh, that it went away, and, and um, people people don't realize. They I think they people don't know. Think oh yeah, these world football, you know, these show up and they just look like this was different, and it was different in a very substantive way. Well, you know, the, you bring a really good point because people do lose sight of this. The USFL was not a startup league. They went after veteran NFL players. They competed in the draft. They didn't go out looking for the bartender who thinks he could play. No, these were bona fide guys that would have been in the NFL. Many well, of them did it in the, in the on my NFL. team, Gary Zimmerman. There's two of us in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that broke into the USFL because that was they were that competitive. Right. I mean, Gary was going to be in the first round draft choice. I was going to be the first pick. Like people were, those are the guys that were going because we could play. Mm-hmm. We could play where we wanted to, and you know, I was learning from John Hadel and Sid Gilman, and like you know, or I could go back up somewhere, right? So uh, in that way, it was it was a real place to go. And I think people, when you hear these other, and then the new USFL that's out right now, it's like, great, it's whatever, but you just, but you have no context for what was really happening. No, yeah, it's just the same, same name, but a different philosophy and all that. But right. to, to your point about you know, spring league football, I think the NFL actually was okay with that too. Right. You know, it wasn't. They should have just stayed. Stayed the course. Look, we it, know what happened, yeah, and Donald yeah. Trump and everybody else wanted to try to go up against it. It was all personal. It became mm-hmm. personal for some mm-hmm. stupid reason. And it really is unfortunate because the teams that were in Memphis and Tampa and 
Jacksonville and San Antonio, like they're, they, they had a place and they were going to be there for a long time. That's too bad. So when you were in the USFL, were you actively thinking before the league folded, this is just a step until I get to where I want to be in the NFL? Or did I you wasn't think this sure. Is it? I knew one, one thing I knew is for the next couple of years I'd be playing. I'd be coached by Sid Gilman, and I had really good players around me, and I was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that was how I saw it, and that at the time, at the beginning, you thought, well, they'll have to figure out a way to bring teams together. And that when that happened, the guys that weren't part of, like you figured if they merged with the NFL and the NFL didn't bring all of the teams, they brought five instead of 15, mm -hmm. and you weren't one of those five, then you're going to be a free agent and you could go find out where to play, and that was a great benefit too. And so that was in my head. Or uh, if the league didn't make it, then we'd be free agents and we'd be able to go and pick a team. And so that was a great benefit. And then oh, I'm going to say the spring of 86, um, the NFL Players Association negotiated uh, without speaking to us our ability to be free agents and put us all in the supplemental draft. And that kind of changed that. Glory, glory thought that we thought we'd be <laughs> yeah. able to do. Prior to your being in the USFL, did you watch the CFL? Did you watch Warren Moon in the CFL? I, 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 there's no way to watch the CFL. I didn't know that you could see it. So I knew Warren was doing great things up there. And, um, but I just, I, 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 every once in a while there was a game. Maybe it was because the, the Great Cup was on and you'd, you'd see it for a minute. But, uh, and I love the... I love that it was a different field and a different style with emotion and everything else. It's like, oh, football, different. I like that. What about that great shootout game, you and Jim Kelly, the USFL quarterbacks in the NFL? Well, that's the thing. Jim, uh, I mean, we were, we, were coached, we were being coached by really good people, and we were playing really good football, you know, and I think you're able to show that. And that was fun to think about uh, the games that you were playing. We are young and uh, uh, loving kind of – uh, doing that and then being able to express ourselves like artists, you know, like you get the full canvas. Like it was, it was a wild uh, offense, uh, and um, and that was fun. And so Jim and I, whenever we saw each other, in fact, that happened in the NFL as well That's when right. we played the Bills and went back and forth forever. That was a no punt game. So I guess Jim and I need to play each other more often. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned Gil, uh, Sid Gilman a couple of times. You know, you really had the benefit of one of the great offensive geniuses. And then over in San Francisco, you know. So my, you think about it, Joe. My, my coaches from college on, Lavelle Edwards, which is a famous college coach, and my offensive coordinator was Mike Holmgren and uh, Ted Tolner, and those are two great names. And then in the pros, it was Sid Gilman, John Hadle, Bill Walsh, Mike Holmgren again, Mike Shanahan, you know, Steve Mariucci and like I just it was just a hit parade of I've many my dad used to say, look, if you you better be good because if you weren't good with those guys, then you know, you, you'll, <laughs> you'll never you have a chance, you have a chance. <laughs> right. So um, so I think that's why the USFL was different, because it was a it was a league that was great football and a great opportunity. You know, Reggie White. And there's a lot of guys in my year that I, I bet what five of the top ten draft picks went to the USFL that year. Yeah, right. What about some of the other leagues? Like when you were hearing about Kurt Warner in, were you even hearing about, yeah, hey, no, there's this the guy WFL, in the arena? We was like, to me, because I had the experience in the USFL, I knew what it was. Those other leagues felt um, like startups, you know what I mean? And which is great. I, I'm mm -hmm. Once the league folded, I had a mourning for all the jobs that were lost 
you know, there's 900 jobs that have lost for now the next decades. So all those opportunities to play the game that people loved were going to go away. And so anytime, anytime something else came up where guys could go try and keep their passion alive, I really honored it. Like at the WFL and anything else, the XFL, anything else, I was like, look, if you get a chance to go, my brother who, did, who was heavily recruited in, out, of, out of high school, didn't play much in college and had such a love for the game, needed to play. And he went to Helsinki, Finland to play semi-pro football, took his young wife and baby and played for a season in Helsinki. It's like, <laughs> I've got to play. Yeah. And, and, I, and so I know how that feels. And so anytime, like the USFL or anything else that's going on, I, there's guys like my brother that just can't, they got to be able to get, and then once he did it, he got it out and was like, I'm good. I'll go and be a doctor. Now he's a... One of the great photos, one of the great pro football photos is a photo of Steve, his brother, his mother, and his father posing on the front steps of the Pro Football Hall of Fame when you were, what, seven? Maybe not even. We were traveling back from Utah to New York. We lived in Greenwich, Connecticut, and we were driving through. And think about it: you're on I-80, and you're traveling across the country. And my dad says, "No, we got to go down to Canton." And so, we, as a seven-year-old, we took the picture down here and went through the went through the hall. And when he when he was elected to the Hall of Fame, we reposed the f photo. Oh yeah, we did <laughs> with my brother and everything. That's a great show. So that your parents great. saved that photo the yeah. whole time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my. They still have the piece of white bread they didn't eat in 1972. <laughs> so, you know. Well, let me ask you this one. When you think about your days in the USFL, is there any story that if you were to tell in that room right now would blow people's minds? Uh, yeah, I think that there's things that happen once the infrastructure started to go away. And that's where the I, I figured the consolidation was coming. Our team was the worst off because our owner got in kind of legal trouble. Mm -hmm. And so when they stopped getting paid, the league had to start to pay people or else they weren't going to. And the league was slow. And, and, and so then, you, you know, you're trying to go play a game with no coaches and no, like, you think about it, like there's no one cutting the grass. There's nobody, no one to give the, ride, the bus to take to, to, the, to the airport. There's like, so you have to kind of do all that yourself. And then you have to come up <laughs> with a game plan and you have to, what are what about the who's going to copy all the game plans so everyone has a copy you know like stuff that just was just automatic automatic else, yeah. right yeah. like you had to come up with so um, you know there's a famous story getting in the bus and the bus driver saying well I, I was told I have to have cash I can't drive it <laughs> and uh, you know we, so everyone's like well we don't have six hundred dollars anyone have six hundred dollars and I had a few hundred dollars kept pony up the money and we got in the bus and left and that's wow. how we got there so. There's funny stories. The league thought it was interesting to go over to Pierce College because the Coliseum was so embarrassing because we weren't drawn. There was 40,000, 50,000 people at every game in the, in the southeast and a lot of other places, but in L.A. it was really tough. So they went over to Pierce College thinking that they would fill up Pierce College and make it look better, and it was just it was a disaster. disaster yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then I remember Doug Williams was playing for the Arizona Wranglers. That's right. And Arizona shows on Doug Williams, just, you know, he's a Super Bowl champ not many years before, and we walk out of this thing like, <laughs> they couldn't see the scoreboard. Neither of us could see the scoreboard because the sun would hit it. And you couldn't literally, you could not see the clock or the oh. score. And so half the time you're like, is it the third? You know, like, do we have time? Or the <laughs> time out? I'm not sure, but time out, maybe time out. So still, things like that made it feel more startup ish. Yeah. But yeah. those are just weird things that happen. It's funny, Jim Kelly told us that he still hasn't been paid his full USFL contract. He yeah. said to ask you if you ever got your money. <laughs> I did, and uh, and it was unique because the 
I signed what was an annuity, famous annuity, that uh, was going to pay me over 60 years, 50 years. And if you totaled up all the payments over the next 50 years, it was $40 million. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they promoted sure. it as that. Right. So then I was abused <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> everywhere I go, 40 And there was a cheer that went up um, in Washington. We were playing the... What was the Washington's name, Joe? You'd have to remember the Washington, in Washington D.C. The Washington, yeah, what, what uh, the, not, uh, not admirals, really. Ad, generals. General. No, 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 that was New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, I feel bad that I've forgotten. Anyway, we're playing. My my folks drove down from Connecticut to see the game. One of my first pro games, and uh, I did something bad and started to chant in the corner, 40 million down the drain." And pretty soon the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole. You know, the whole place was going. The federals, wasn't it? Washington federals. federals. And yeah. my mom just couldn't take it. And she stood up, I guess a few drunk guys down in front, like leading the charge. And she goes, it's an annuity. Because <laughs> she wanted to explain that, yes. you know, I might suck, but it was because <laughs> it's, 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 it's not 40 million. He would, if it was 40 million, he'd be better than this, you know. Kurt, all your years of coming to Canton before the Yellow Jacket and after, what's one of your favorite things to do in Canton or places to go? Well, I mean, I tell you what I love. I just love going to the museum every year. I mean, even though you're in it and you've been a part of it and you've seen it and heard it, there is just something so special and unique about, um, about going back to the museum and just seeing the history of the game. The Hall of Fame store. Uh, uh, you asked me what was the first thing. The reason for it is because Number one, I never, ever thought I'd be here. Number two, I live in a real small town and have a lot of brothers and family members, and they celebrate the Hall of Fame as much as I do. So I want to make sure that I take care of everybody. So I might have said this to Joe. You know, if I ever, if, uh, if the law is ever chasing me, I'm coming here. <laughs> because the, they, they make sure that well, I they, was protected. Like, they're like, you know, I don't. We don't. We don't know what's going on. But you're, you're at the. Yeah, this guy's safe, and you've got to get explain yourself. You know. You're so one I of always, the family. Yeah. So I always felt. So in that way, I don't know. If there's any place special other than just how you they make you feel. There's a. There's a history. There's a. Um, uh, there's a connection that gets made with the Hall of Fame that is ingrained in the culture here, and it's it's personal and local. It's not. Uh, you know, the NFL is such a big brand and a huge thing. It's a machine in many ways. And the team, the teams are huge enterprises with all these. This is really a local, in the, in the ground, in the dirt kind of thing. And, uh, and, and I think it surprises new Hall of Famers when they come in like, oh, this is, I thought it would be the NFL and they'd mm -hmm. be doing it. No, this is really just people of Canton and how they feel about football. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who love football, but they don't have the history or the and I think, Joe, you represent that in so much of the way that you, it's like, it's in your blood more than, people. oh, I love football. You don't love football like people in Canton love football. It's different. Really great hearing all those stories from Warren, Jim, Kurt, and Steve. I'm here in the Pro Football Hall of Fame's archive, and I want to share with you a couple of items that we have related to their careers in those other leagues as they work their way towards the National Football League and ultimately a spot here in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I want to start with Warren Moon, and, and Warren has this ring uh, that he donated to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that's actually his Canadian Football uh, League Hall of Fame ring. He was enshrined in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2001, ultimately would be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2006. Uh, Warren had an incredible career in uh, both leagues. 
He was a Grape Cup MVP in 1980. In six seasons, he threw for over 21,000 yards and 144 uh, touchdowns in the Canadian Football League and uh, would ultimately go on to great success in the National Football League as well. Over here to my left, we have some artifacts related to Kurt Warner and his journey, uh, beginning with the Iowa Barnstormers. And you see we have a media guide um, here from the 1997 season where Kurt donned the cover of this media guide. He was 1996 All-League first-team quarterback in the Arena Football League. We also here have this game ball that was presented to Kurt in uh, 1997 on July 26th. He was the MVP of that game. Uh, the Iowa Barnstormers went on to defeat the Texas Terrors 70-62 to uh, in that game. And for his performance in that game, uh, he was given that game ball. Uh, right in front of me, we have some artifacts related to Steve Young's career, and most people obviously remember him with the San Francisco 49ers. Some may remember that he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the National Football League, but elected to sign on with the USFL um, and the LA Express. And here he dons the cover of the 1985 media guide um, promoting uh, the LA Express and Steve Young. We also have his rookie football card. So. Once again, not with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not with the San Francisco 49ers, but here is Steve Young's rookie card with the LA Express, a gem mint 10 uh, rookie card there. And last but certainly not least, uh, we've got two artifacts related to Jim Kelly's spectacular career with the Houston Gamblers. So we have Jim Kelly an illustration there donning the cover of the 1984 Houston Gamblers Media Guide, and then ultimately uh, a, a game ball that was presented to Jim after the 1984 season, where he threw for over 5,200 yards, uh, 44 touchdowns, and nine 300-yard games, and uh, just uh, incredible careers by all four of these gentlemen, and just a, a quick sneak peek behind the scenes at some of the artifacts that we keep from their careers uh, that started in other leagues than the National Football League. And last but not least, I'd be remiss if I didn't show you the Tampa Bay Bandits uh, media guide here uh, that was the cover was donned by uh, the one and only Burt Reynolds. Uh, Burt was a co-owner of the Tampa Bay Bandits um, during their tenure in the USFL. So there you have it. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to seeing you next week in football heaven. Visit Canton and experience Hall of Famers hometown favorites for yourself. Plan your trip to America's playing field. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please check out the Hall's other exciting podcast, The Mission. For more Football Heaven episodes and bonus content, please visit Hall of Fame Village Media and Pro Football Hall of Fame social media.